WDEL On Demand, brought to you by Stanley Steamer. Air duct cleaning. Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. A Vatican Synod on young people has been underway in Rome, but it's difficult to compete uh, with news from that uh, forum when you have a cardinal's resignation, a defense of the Pope against his attacker, and a North Korean invitation to the Pope to visit North Korea, which is to be hand-delivered, by the way, by the South Korean president visiting Rome. And then also we had canonizations today, a famous Central American archbishop and a former Pope. Father Tom Rees, Senior Analyst, Religion News Service, author Inside the Vatican, is in Rome right now. Uh, Father Tom, I don't know what you want to lead with here, but uh, certainly it's been uh, one or two weeks of uh, cascading stories in the Catholic Church and beyond. It certainly has. Uh, I mean, there's been lots of news about the Catholic Church. It's practically overshadowed this uh, meeting that the Pope has called uh, of bishops from all over the world to talk about young people and how the church can reach out to them. Uh, clearly, we're not doing a very good job right now because uh, a lot of long, young people are leaving the church. Although some have said that, of course, the church's uh, uh, slowness in dealing with clergy sex abuse has only magnified the problem. It was already happening for other secular reasons in society, but that didn't help. No, it did not help at all. And one of the good things that's happening at this meeting is that the bishops are, have recognized that. They know that their credibility to talk to young people is really uh, low because of the sex abuse crisis, and especially because uh, of the bishops who didn't do a good job handling it. So they know they're going to have to say something about this, uh, even though the Pope is calling a special meeting, another meeting of bishops in February, to uh, specifically talk about the sex abuse crisis. Of course, the Pope did accept the resignation of Cardinal Wuerl in D.C., but to some victims, uh, clergy abuse groups, the fact that he uh, kind of defended the Cardinal uh, did not go well with them. But then, uh, much more severely, uh, he dismisses uh, two clerics from Chile now for abuse uh, cover-up. Yes, that was uh, quite striking. Uh, Two bishops that... uh, that uh, uh, were involved in uh, abuse who have been uh, removed from the priesthood. Uh, actually, uh, it wasn't just cover-up. These were actually uh, uh, bishops that they themselves were involved in abuse. So yes. uh, the Pope is, has shown that uh, he's taking this uh, very seriously, and uh, anybody in the Church who is involved in abuse uh, is going to be dealt with. Considering that uh, North Korea probably is the most xenophobic country in the world, the most anti-religious persecution of people of all religions, uh, does it make sense for Pope Francis to accept an invitation from Kim Jong-un, if that's what it's going to be, when some would say it would only uh, give uh, further legitimacy to, to the regime without necessarily uh, showing that it's prepared to loosen up on religious belief. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. This is a real tough call. And I think, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's uh, much uh, like uh, Trump going off to Korea. You know, uh, he was severely criticized for going uh, and meeting with uh, uh, the president of Korea without any real preparation, without any agreement. Uh, people said that, you know, summit should be the culmination of negotiations, not the beginning of negotiations. So the Pope's got the same kind of problem, same kind of question here. Uh, does he go and meet with this dictator hoping that he can improve things, or does 
you know, or does he say, no, we're not going to meet with you until we see some improvement uh, in the situation? Uh, that's well, a tough you know, one. Uh, that's a tough one. It's above my pay grade. Yeah, well, I got to say, I mean, I, I think a lot of people sometimes uh, fail to differentiate amongst uh, authoritarian governments' regimes. For example, Cuba maintained diplomatic relations with the Holy See, never closed the churches, yes, monitored them. But uh, in comparison to North Korea, Cuba, you could say, is somewhat free. Well, Cuba is a paradise compared to North Korea. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and folks didn't go to Cuba until things had evolved and improved. Uh, and there was evidence uh, and hope that things would continue to improve. Uh, the same situation is going on in Vietnam, although there there's been some backsliding now that uh, President Trump has pulled out of the uh, trade agreement, yeah. the Pacific Trade Agreement. Uh, Vietnam sees no reason to be on its good behavior and has uh, cracked down on dissidents and uh, and some religious groups. Important so. to note there. Uh, Father Reese, if I may, just a couple more minutes. Let's talk about the canonizations. Uh, a revered figure in Central America, except among the most conservative traditionalists, Archbishop Oscar Romero, and a, pr- a previous Pope, Paul VI. Yes, uh, Oscar Romero uh, uh, was, uh, when he was archbishop, he was not even supported by his fellow bishops when he was uh, criticizing the military government uh, for its human rights and its kidnapping and murders and disappearances that were taking place. And uh, he defended the poor and he told the soldiers, don't kill your brothers and sisters. And as a result, he was himself murdered by the regime uh, and is now considered a martyr uh, because, uh, you know, he practiced the faith and did what was right and he got killed for it. So uh, he is greatly loved and uh, celebrated in uh, uh, El Salvador and, uh, and elsewhere in Latin America as a true hero of human rights and justice for the poor. And Pope Paul VI. Yeah, Pope Paul VI, uh, I think, uh, you know, will go down in history as the man who uh, was able to uh, bring to a successful completion the Second Vatican Council, that great big meeting of all the bishops of the world, which uh, started the church on its path of renewal and reform uh, uh, and to adapt to the needs of the uh, 20th and 21st century. Uh, so uh, he was really uh, uh, helped bring about the reform uh, in the church. He, uh, he was there as Pope when we started putting the uh, Mass into English and things like that. Uh, so And also he was a great ecumenist in reaching out to, uh, to other religious uh, uh, churches and, uh, uh, and Jewish groups. So he was, but I'm afraid he's only going to be remembered for one thing yes. uh, right now, and that is his encyclical, uh, which uh, uh, said in it that uh, Catholics could not use artificial uh, contraceptives, and that went over like a lead balloon. Well, humani vitae, but you know, it was occurring to me, Father Reese, uh, just like Lyndon Johnson of the same period, the 1960s, his civil rights achievements, which were vast, will always pale behind being the president of the V. Vietnam War, and similarly, Humani Vitae, the birth control encyclical, has always overshadowed Paul VI. Yeah, you have a good point there. I guess we're remembered for for uh, uh, 
our mistakes or our disasters much more than for our successes. Although some will say, although Yamani Vitae was too overreaching, that still there is some spirit in that encyclical uh, that still applies to this day. Uh, but that's a long discussion. Absolutely. Yeah, his stress on human dignity and all that uh, uh, is re- extremely good in that encyclical. Leave it there. All right, Father Tom Reese, Religion News Service in Rome. Thank you. Okay, Alan. Good Thank to you. talk to you from Rome. Good to talk to you.